0: What you got, Levi?
1: Is it bad that I don't know how to use an iPad when the smart keyboard isn't working?
0: Uh, is it is it bad? It's uh I mean it shows that you're uh at least slightly spoiled.
1: I just this size iPad is just it's it's a different device to me than than just a regular size iPad.
0: What a great place to start. So I visited the Apple store, as one is what it's prone to do on his lunch break. When, when you work you're that closely, when you're six minutes at Apple Store, that's nice. It is I'm a little envious of that, <laughs> and uh, and even even at the eleven inch and reduced now twelve point nine inch size, I still just very much get the feeling that yeah, like you you can kind of hold this eleven inch, you can kind of hold it and use a pencil on it, you could hold it and read from it, but this twelve point nine inch. Needs to be in landscape in a keyboard, and that's that. Yes, you you don't you don't want to hold it. You know, it's 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 larger. I guess it's as big as a piece of paper now. But when you think about it, like nobody holds a paper a piece of paper with two hands because it's light. Yeah, it's just a piece of paper. But the twelve point nine, you're gonna want to hold it with two hands, and then it just feels weird. It's just strange. So uh, it, it's very much true.
1: I don't ever use it without the smart keyboard ever. Like if I'm watching Netflix on it, it is, you know, in its normal position in the keyboard. And that's how I watch. Cause I'm not going to lay in bed with my 12.9 inch iPad like, dang- dangling precariously over my face. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know how to use it. So the whole point of this conversation is my smart keyboard's not working on this 2015 uh, original 12.9-inch iPad Pro, the OG iPad Pro. And, uh, you know, of course that would happen right before they release new ones.
0: It, It knows. It's like, listen, buddy, you think you can just get rid of me that easily?
1: What concerns me a little bit is that I'm pretty sure it's a problem with the magnets in the or, you know, the smart connector in general. I don't know if it's the smart connector part on the like on the iPad itself or if it's the little prongs from the smart keyboard, but something's wrong with it. And and what worries me is that there are even more magnets in these new ones. I mean, like a lot of them. And I just worry over time, like what the, what, what can happen with that as, as they start to maybe slightly shift around a little bit. Cause now it's not just the, the smart connector. It's, you know, the, the pencil would be affected by this now too, with how they're doing the, the charging and the
0: connecting and all that stuff. Yeah. That, that's inductive though. That's all good. Yeah. But
1: it's got to attach at that exact point. It's not like they can do it anywhere on the, you know, the iPad. It only, will charge in that one that one place.
0: Right. But again, it's it's inductive. I mean there's no pins to wear out. There's none none a- of that, which I think is what you have in this case. Apple which, would say, it's been three years, Levi. It's time for a new iPad Pro. Apple actually would say it's been less than three years. And these these smart keyboards have an issue and so we extended the Default warranty on them to three years, so why don't you just bring it into us and Well, then...
1: it's not like I have any other keyboard issues that I need to address at, at an Apple store.
0: Get in there and get your MacBook Pro. <sighs> We've placed
1: talk... the whole thing. I mean, that's how they do it, right?
0: Uh, I mean, you know, not essentially quite. the whole top, the case. whole yeah, the whole
1: yeah. I I just I I don't want to be without my computer as long as I know I'm going to have to be cuz it's it's probably not something they can do in store same day i'm assuming
0: i think you assume correctly
1: and i kind of need that thing because you know I'm, i got a lot of i got a lot of what do they call it the gig economy i got a lot of gigs going on right now that are dependent upon me being able to use these little little creator machines to create little things for other people that are paying me money. You have a MacBook pro at home. Don't even, (laughs) don't even. I'd rather, honestly, it's not that bad. My old 2011. No, it's not because I, I upgraded the SSDs. That's key. Or well, a singular SSD, not multiple. Um, although I guess technically you could put multiple. SSDs in there, maybe I, I don't know. The, you could take out the
0: disc drive. Yeah, could you Can put, give, put in an SSD yourself?
1: there? Or would you have to put with like an adapter? Maybe. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. That would be awesome, but I'm just not sinking any more money into the into that dying ship, sinking ship. Um, it but it actually runs pretty well. It's just the fans spin up like crazy, but in terms of speed, it's it's not, you know. It's not gouge your eyes out terrible. It's certainly not spinning disc terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, it performs pretty well. It's just got some older processors in there and they get hot real fast. I also upgraded the Ram. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but officially this year model says that it can only be upgraded to eight gigs of Ram. And I put in 16 and it, Accepts it. I don't know if it actually does anything with the full sixteen, but it, it does. It recognizes. Oh it, yeah. But they don't officially, you know, if you look at the the specs or whatever, they don't officially support that. Yeah. My, so it's kind of weird. My
0: year before, my twenty ten, officially sports eight gigs and doesn't recognize any more than eight gigs. So
1: it's a pretty good machine, all things.
0: Oh yeah. Said,
1: and it's lasted. I mean, the battery is trash. I've even replaced the battery and it's still trash. So I don't know, you know, something is, and it's been through three children. You know, it's, it's old. It's banged up. It, it, it probably just wants to go to sleep (laughs) forever. (laughs) Power nap. And you can't even do. Yeah, that's true. It's depressing. Yeah. All my stuff is just failing on me. My good old iMac is you know remains the the best computer in my in my lineup in my because it's a desktop man i know and i wish it was easier to you know carry around like a mac
0: like a mac mini (laughs)
1: yeah i wish i could just stick it in my bag and and take it home with me there you go man so yeah i know i need to i need to take these in both of them but my other fear, and I said this last week, was when I get into the Apple Store, I'm gonna try on watches, and I don't—I'm just not ready to go where that's gonna take me. Yeah,
0: and I notice uh, your 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 watch—you have a new new band. I did. Got my nylon band from said eBay seller.
1: It looks good. It's like two tone gray.
0: I like it. I oh. like I like the nylon band a lot feels good it looks good on your your wrist i'm really perplexed at why they've stopped selling them and i'm really perplexed at how many i should invest in because i I don't know if they'll ever bring them back and i don't know how many are really going to be out there so speaking of um these
1: ipads being very different in how they're used even from the you know like the 9.7 to the 12.9 10. Point. There's so many different sizes now that that's confusing as well but um I did get a a message from friend of the show Justin uh he has a new 12.9 inch iPad Pro all right for uh for work purposes um he had a use case for it and they approved and and he's got one Um, but he messaged me tonight and said, he doesn't have a phone that has face ID. And he was very hesitant. Like he was not looking forward to using face ID. He's one of those that just likes the home button. (laughs)
0: Which makes even less sense on an iPad. I, yeah,
1: I I don't know. But he Touch ID
0: on an iPad is really obnoxious.
1: He said that he is... It's like he doesn't know how to use his phone now, because he's gotten used to Face ID and and the you know the different gestures on a home buttonless iOS device. It, it was just really interesting for me to hear this from someone else because I I experienced that a year ago, moving to the ten and then still having the the iPad with the home button or still you know troubleshooting on my wife's iPhone seven and just how quickly you your Your brain moves on from the home button into the new the new gestures, and when I touch an older uh, device with a with a home button, especially the phone, it's like I don't know how to operate it. I don't know, I don't know what to do to get anywhere. And uh, it was just interesting hearing that perspective from someone else, but also from someone that it was the reverse, where it's now we have these iPads with no home buttons. And how that's affecting people who, you know, still have a phone with with a home button. That is interesting. It breaks your brain, man. When you, once you get used to it, I just, yeah. Like, I don't know where Control Center is. I don't know. I I don't know how to do anything. And I just,
0: mine's gone. Have you gotten used to Control Center on the iPad being in the upper right?
1: I have. um, Just because that's how you get to it. You know, on the ten, that certainly helps um it's easier <laughs> to get to it on the iPad <laughs> because I'm not holding <laughs> the iPad, yeah, buddy when I'm trying to get to it, you know like it's it's on the desk or what or whatever, so I can just reach my whole hand up there <laughs> instead of trying to shimmy my thumb up there somehow, I can just. There it is. It's still weird to me because it comes down so small, but I mean it brings in all this other stuff too for um you know, I guess quick switching or being able to quit apps and stuff. I don't, I don't know what they call that. Uh, no, no, oh, is that no. not with that that's with the um uh, how do you get to that? multitasking? Yeah.
0: Or, um app switcher I think is what they
1: call it. It just looks different on the iPad than it obviously
0: than it does on the phone. Yeah, I mean so it, it only takes me. up um it only takes up probably like a fifth of the screen or something. It's
1: <laughs> it's weirding me out. Yeah.
0: I have I've kinda gotten used to it.
1: I'm hoping that now with the iPads going to face ID and they will get more consistency across hey, this is how you do this function in iOS, whether you're on whether you're on an iPad or a phone, because they're Obviously, last year was a year where that paradigm was broken, depending on you know if you had a home button on your device or not and it 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 sounds dumb to complain about things like that, but it does it just messes it just messes up your your rhythm and you know you feel it it feels weird to feel like you don't know how to use these tools that you're so familiar with when they make changes like that. Just like uh you and t- two two changes they made in iOS 12 that are confounding. One was the <laughs> the one that you hate so much about the um moving the the camera roll, I guess you would say, or just photos in general, um in messages to where it's like another level down now in the in the interface to get to it. And I didn't think much of it when we were in the betas because, you know, it was just, oh, this is what it is. And you start to play with it and you get used to it. But the first time after I uh, updated Brittany to to iOS 12, she was like, something is wrong with this phone. You can't get to your pictures anymore to send a text message. I have to like go to the camera and then hit my, my, uh, you know, my photos down on the bottom right to even get to it. I'm like, oh, that's that's what Philip was complaining about. And then the other one, which I saw uh Marco mention this a couple weeks ago, is um what they've done in FaceTime with switching the camera. They've hidden it under a, a different
0: layer of yeah, the Yeah, I did that the, the other day and that is totally confounding. I don't understand why. No one is going to find that.
1: It Yeah, it's hard to find. It. And then you almost feel like... Because you can't even see the screen anymore when you're trying to get to it.
0: It's just weird. Pe- it, people didn't find the camera switching button when it was just a transparent button on yeah. the video that you were <laughs> viewing.
1: But eventually that just becomes the way you do things, right? Like, yes. And, and that... that that method just permeates across all apps, third party and first party. And it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of um, games. I mean, like there's certain, there's just certain ways and control schemes that you should use for games now at this point where we're at in gaming, you know, like square should always be your, your reload button. X should always be jump. You know, these are, triangles should always be some kind of, like, grapple or, and then when games don't do that, it's got to be a purposeful thing, right? I mean, why? Why do these little software things, why do people change them? Why can't it just always be the same? We don't need progress, Philip. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: I do. uh, I don't know, I don't know if I credit you or... Or your wife more, but I didn't didn't realize that if you hit the camera, there is this strange icon that I don't think is anywhere else in iOS that can help you get to your photos.
1: Oh, so it doesn't even look
0: like what it used to look like. No, it's something kind of like looks like. Whoa! A landscape up in the top left. It's in the top, so like on a, on a uh, anything but an SE. Like that's. (laughs) That's not something you want it to have. That's not where you want a button to be.
1: This is... This is blowing my mind because... Here's the thing about me, Philip. This is really the difference between you and me. Yeah. No. I'd say, is that... The difference? Yeah. I'd say this is... If you boiled it down to, to one thing... Let's hear it. This is it. When When people make changes, whether it's Apple or some weird corporate rules from on high I just take them at face value and I'm like all right that's what we're doing now you know oh you you're moving how I can get to to my pictures and, and messages all right I'll just I'll just go with it and you don't do that <laughs> you question and I just go with it and that's the difference between you and me that sounds right. Sounds to put it pretty succinctly. It sounds right on the nose. So you you got to play with the new iPad Pros? Anything? Anything just jump out to you? Did you get to play with the pencil much? I did. Play with the pencil. It's
0: great. Justin it feels so much better. It's so much easier to hold and, and I mean just 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 the matte uh uh exterior versus the glossy plastic exterior and it's like that from before on the
1: whole the whole thing thing. not just the the flat side oh yeah so justin made the comment that he felt like it was like the diameter has has shrunk and i I asked him if i I said is it just an optical illusion because of of having one flat side now does it just kind of trick you into thinking that or does it really feel uh, a little more compact in your hand I'm excited about the the new pencil situation because to me, the biggest roadblock to using the pencil is just how complicated and inconvenient it was to to get it out. I mean, to this day and I, I, I could pull it out right now out of my, my laptop bag. I carry it in the box, the original box it came in. That's how I carry it around in my bag.
0: As as I showed you. Yes. That's how you do it. Yeah, it's it. Because, your it's your fault. Oh, I looked at I looked at so many um mostly uh toothbrush holders to try to find one that to try to find one that if you open the box, then it's in a little plastic sheath sort of thing. And I could never find a toothbrush holder and I would look at like every Walmart and Target and just like random old place I would go, I would, I would look at their toothbrush holders and see how, see how long they were. And how, but because basically it's like some people would find one or they would mod it a little bit um, and they would, they would take that insert that, that it sits in in the box and they would pull it out and like shove it into a toothbrush holder so that basically you could just have that. And basically now that your pencil is just in like a little plastic capsule and uh, you know that'd be a little better and smaller than <laughs> yeah. the, in, the entire box yeah. but um but yeah i mean i i couldn't find any way of whole, carrying it that was better than just the whole box Keeping it in the box it comes yeah. In. yeah um but yeah i mean it's so i mean it's really it's it's just great i mean apple's just really solved mo- most of the main issues with with the pencil and there were
1: two main issues charging mhm and um, carrying it with the yeah, ipad just 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 being able to have it easily accessible, yep, and they've solved both of those problems. Right. I think people are really going to use it now
0: there There really are no issues i I haven't heard anyone share any any real issues with usage of the pencil on an ipad i mean it, it's great to use on the iPad, it just works works great, you know? I mean, as far as just like tip to the screen and and how well that works, it's phenomenal. And now it's just easier to hold. Um, the The double tap really works well. Um, I, I just was doing some handwriting in notes and just practice because a lot of times, like, I'll be handwriting something and I'll miss a letter. And usually when I would do that, back when I was using the pencil, I wouldn't even erase like i would just keep on going and just let that be it because to erase like you'd have to tap the eraser now erase it then tap the pencil or whatever using the pen and now you can keep writing it's really nice to just be going along oh tap 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 and then you just done so onto the races again you know um so i'm really really happy to see that I, i think it'll be great in certain pro apps um to have more specialized functionality obviously of uh, of different types of tools and brushes and color palettes and whatever you want to bring up with your double tap be great. Did you look at the MacBook Airs? I did. They are definitely significantly significantly. They're I mean they're definitely smaller than the previous Air. And They're bigger than the 12-inch MacBook. I guess the more probably appropriate way to say that is like the MacBook is still smaller than the 13-inch. The 12-inch MacBook is still smaller than that 13.3-inch MacBook Air. Um, to, To an appreciable degree, if you're really on the road, to me, it reminds me a whole lot of the original MacBook Air, like the 2008 version of the MacBook Air. It was through-the-roof expensive and, and also just really slow in certain ways. I mean, the processor is very slow. Uh, so, But if you were on the road, that, that original MacBook Air was so much more portable than any other notebook that Apple was making at that point. It was nuts. So I still feel like the 12-inch MacBook is a good bit that way i could still see it like if you if you want an ultra portable then i still think that it is an, an appreciable amount more portable than any other laptop they make but it's it's a great macbook air i mean i i really like that third generation butterfly keyboard it it really feels nice you should go to the apple store sometime and try it um it it really like the, I you can feel the membranes there. It just feels like more rubbery in, in a certain way. It's much less like typing, like against a
1: on a flat table, table. you know. Yeah. Um,
0: because uh, you've you've probably seen that twenty sixteen MacBook Pro. It,
1: it feels like you're just
0: hitting glass. Oh yeah, almost super loud too. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely quieter the uh, the third generation. Uh, butterfly keyboard and and that's that's all fine and dandy
1: did the i-key work
0: the i-key did work okay now, great i don't know if it's, it's gonna continue to work I, it doesn't seem like they've they've solved it with this third generation butterfly keyboard i you know i mean part of me i mean i'm, I'm thankful that they've got this four-year extension of the of the keyboard warranty Four years also just seems like ridiculously short amount of time to cover it. Uh, it. Seems like they should cover it at least. I don't know six seven. Since I still have years. a
1: twenty eleven MacBook Pro that is still used uh, by my wife. Absolutely. And that keyboard, man, it's still trucking. Oh, absolutely. It's like the only thing still trucking <laughs> on, on it, but it's still it still works.
0: I thought it wasn't because she was putting the Magic Keyboard on top of it. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: I just lied. It was working until it stopped working entirely.
0: There you go. But seven years. But it wasn't
1: just one key. It just, the whole thing. Just It was like, it was like 10 keys at once. All right. So, I mean, it just really quit.
0: (laughs) Got to one up that new device. Yeah.
1: It's frustrating to, to have to do these hacks. To keep things working. And I just. You know, I guess they're just, this is the design. They can't really make big changes at this point because there are so many iterations ahead already. That's what's really fascinating to me about just product design and release schedules is that you make a mistake. You made a mistake for probably the next (laughs) two or three years, you know? Like, they can make little fixes to it, but they can't just, you know, go a full-blown different direction and uh you know it's just the consequences of that would be a whole redesign of the 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 laptop itself and uh you know it's high stakes but people keep buying them and uh there doesn't really seem to be any significant consequence other than okay we gotta gotta do this program before someone really sues us and and takes us to the banks
0: so speaking of people continuing to buy them, it's really interesting how they have the MacBook Airs uh, marketed in the store in that when you go to any one of the MacBook Airs, whether it's, whether it's a new one or an old one, I should say there's like two of them. Um, but if you go to one of them, then what it shows you, I don't know, like in the Apple store, all, all, all of the devices in the Apple Store have this like special app sort of called pricing, and it basically just like tells you about the machine that you're on, tells you about all the different configurations that are available. tells you about storage sizes, especially for iOS devices. like hey, here's all the colors of this device. here's all the storage sizes. here's what I'm, they all cost. Um, and but the MacBook Air shows you three different models, the nine ninety nine. Old MacBook Air, the 1199 base configuration, new MacBook Air, and the 1399, you know, upgraded configuration, new MacBook Air, and it it doesn't. So there's a little uh, there's a little text on those upper two models that says new, but to a great extent, like it doesn't super discount the nine super discount in a. Comparative, uh, uh, performative sort of way. Yeah, that nine like, ninety nine. This is a worse laptop, MacBook Air. I mean, especially because it has like a one point eight gigahertz processor versus like the one point six that the eleven ninety nine new MacBook Air has. Now, they're not the same generation processors. Yeah, that one point right. six is. But if probably, you just look at the numbers, you probably was- better. I don't know that it actually would be better because of the wattage differences. I believe that the old MacBook Air had 15 watt processors and the new ones have, I think there's seven watt versions of what in the MacBook is a five watt version. So there's slightly, um, there's slightly, there's slightly more headroom for them than the MacBook five watt, um, what they call them, core M processors, what they used to call them. Because you can
1: have fans in these MacBook Airs, right? I mean, there, there you is, can't in the
0: MacBook. There, there is a fan in in this MacBook Air. Um, there's a little more room to to be had, but
1: this I mean, was my whole point y- you last looked, week. You is, look at that
0: old MacBook Air. I mean, they're still. I mean, not only are they still selling it, but they've still kind of got it. I mean, it's not front and center, but it's just front and left, left most because it's. <laughs> on the far left because they just order it and order pricing. Of course.
1: I just, I'm, I said this last week, but I'm, I I just don't like how confusing it is now. I mean, they have so many options. If you go in and say, Hey, I've got like $1,500 to spend on a laptop. I mean, what are, what are the real trade-offs? How do you know which one is best? It's just, it's so confusing
0: to me. So I've heard people say this. The flip side though is r- reminds me greatly of a of an article that Marco Arment wrote on his blog marco.org. And this was probably when the 2016 MacBook Pro came out. When they went to just USB-C ports, when they made them Thin, when they had the butterfly keyboard, when they didn't have uh, thirty-two gigabytes of RAM possible in those in those original versions, they do now. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Um, they didn't have. What did they not have? Oh, they didn't have. Um, they didn't really have a lot of battery life if you were going to tax it the whole time. I mean, if you were just going to run Photoshop or Xcode and just like full bore, then you weren't you weren't getting. 12 hours of battery life, right? I mean, you were getting maybe, I don't know, four or five at that point. You know, if you're using it in a really, really professional way, then it doesn't have incredible battery life at that point because it's, it's gotta be thicker if it's going to have incredible battery life at that point. And so his, his request really was for a more wide ranging lineup that, is not as as sparse and and specific in in a sort of way. And just to say, like, okay, well, if you want a 15 inch laptop, here's our here's our 15 inch laptop. And you'll just deal with all the trade-offs, right? And 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 there's not a choice to be made because we basically just make one 15-inch laptop. It's like, well, which you want the upgraded processor or just the standard processor? How much memory? Do you want, but there wasn't, you know, there's not this, this problem that PC makers take to the extreme. So, I mean, there's obviously two sides of the, of the, of the pendulum uh, that, that are maybe not, neither of them is the best as is, as is the case in most things in life. Like there's a happy medium that, that is the best case here. And so it would be great if there was a thicker MacBook pro that was available to people who wanted to have a lot more battery life and wanted a six core machine that didn't have the fans come on as quickly. I mean, we talked about this a couple you know, a couple of months ago in July when they released these new MacBook pros with the six cores. And originally it seemed like they really couldn't handle the six cores very well. And then with the firmware update and a realization that there was a issue with the original firmware, they figured out ah, actually, you know, these, these use cases should be doing better. And now with the new firmware, they are doing better. It seems like it does it does handle the six cores, but with, with fan speed, obviously. Um and and kind of the same thing here. Obviously, you know, I mean, they need to have a MacBook that they sell that has 120 gigabytes of drive space for 1099. That still boggles the mind. As as Marco said, should be illegal. Completely agree there. But I I guess I'm all for. A wider range of of options. I to me, it, it's almost that way. I mean, it's sort of that way on in in the iPhone, or in the in the i the, the iPhone too. I think, but in the iPad, especially especially because the way that Tim talked about the iPad Mini in the event was was in a way that like this is not something that that we're taking out to the barn, you know in six months and not going to be selling anymore. It was much more of a, you know, ming Shi Kuo has got it going on and yeah, we're probably going to have an iPad mini five come out in the spring and it's it's going to be paired with the lower end iPad. And all, all that to be said though, I mean, that gives you a wider range of, of, of iPads than you really ever had. If you have an updated iPad mini an updated iPad and you have these, Extremely updated with fresh form factors, even iPad Pros. And to a great extent, like you have a 9.7 iPad Pro from two years ago. You have a 10.5 iPad Pro from a year ago. You've got the 11-inch iPad Pro. You've got the large 12.9. You've got the small 12.9. So you're hitting all sorts of different price points. You're hitting all sorts. I mean, if you've got to have a headphone jack, then I guess you could buy an old 12.9. Um, you know, second gen 12.9. And so anyways, I mean, there's huge, huge range here that I think is, I think is great. I mean, it makes it a little, it makes it a little complicated for, for a buying decision, but in a lot of ways in the, in, the, in their very best years, then there wasn't as much a complaint and it was kind of an asset that like, well, they just release an incredible four laptops And they're pretty set apart and you get an incredible laptop at every, at every spot. Now there, there are just, there are trade-offs to be had for better or worse. And I think the only way that you avoid being forced into trade-offs is by having a more varied lineup.
1: I think they did have a more varied lineup though, when they had fewer options because the, the, the variations were clearer. Like, it was clearer when you had those four options. Like you just said, there were sig- significant differences
0: between them. Clearer, yes. More varied, no. But it is,
1: though, because you had four very different options. Now we've got, we've got what, like five different laptops you could get from, you know, the, the MacBook all the way to a 15-inch MacBook Pro. But really, on that bottom end, those three laptops are essentially the same. There's, what are the significant differences between them? So it's, it's variance in 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 number only it's not any significant range in terms of a feature set the macbook the macbook air and, and the thirteen inch MacBook pro with no touch bar what are the significant significant differences there to me they're like all basically the same. I just don't see what what the the big difference is when you're looking at them and trying to decide which one you should get
0: I so I think there is there are significant enough differences with the Mac, the twelve inch MacBook being your ultra portable, and and your MacBook Air being the 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 mid level that is right for probably eighty percent of people with with a lesser processor and a little bit lesser price, but then that that MacBook Escape, that MacBook Pro without the Touch Bar. Especially if they would just update the processor in it. I mean, it needs. I mean, it could use an update because it hadn't hadn't been updated in a year. But just if you look at it, at it as a configuration, it's got a more. It's got a it's got a higher a more powerful processor. And I mean, I think that that counts for something. I mean, depending on what you're doing, that's going to make it possible or not. I mean, if if you want to use Pro apps, Pro apps don't really work well. I mean, if you want to use Final Cut, if you want to use Logic, if you want to use Photoshop, if you want to use this, that, I mean, real pro apps, you can't really use it with a 5 watt or 7 watt processor from a MacBook or or a MacBook Air.
1: I'm glad you brought up the 15 inch because I have another friend of the show that he is looking for for a 15 inch MacBook Pro. And you really... You only have one option essentially. I mean, you mentioned there are differences in in terms of how much they're specked out, but you can't get anything other than a thirteen or twelve inch laptop um you You can't get a bigger laptop without just going pro i mean that's that's your only option, and my friend's a little frustrated because he's he's very limited on his his work's budget for what he can spend basically they're like saying we're capped at $1,700. Well, you're definitely not getting a new 15 inch MacBook pro at that price. So you're going to have to go back. Um, you know, you're going to have to look on the used market if you want to get a fairly, uh, decent in terms of storage and, and, you know, other specs that you're interested in, but he doesn't really care about it being super powerful. He just wants the screen. He just wants more screen. And it's, it's such a, I don't know. It's just an interesting predicament that he's in where it's like this puzzle that he's trying to figure out. Like I got to keep it at this certain price, um, which means I'm going to have to go to an older model and I'm going to have to look used. And it's like, man, you know, you don't really have many options. If size is just your, your, you know, your desired um, specification, the thing you're looking for is just, I want that 15 inch screen. I don't really care if it's powerful. Well, <laughs> that's it that's all that's the only uh, option you have and i know in the past we've talked about back when they had 17-inch 15-inch 13-inch but those were all i mean they were all on the power side then you couldn't get a big laptop uh at least not an apple i mean you could i guess you could get a big pc um with a big screen but i would assume they'd probably be you know have pretty powerful processors in them too it's just it's, just, it's interesting to me what's important to people and then trying to figure out, well, what are your options based on your criteria? But
0: that's, that's all the more reason why it'd be great if they had more laptop options. If there was a 15-inch MacBook Air and if there was a 14-inch, a I mean, this makes, I don't know if it makes sense to have a 14-inch MacBook because like the purpose of that product is so to be, to be the ultra-portable. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting that the, the 15 inch was uh, was the example that I chose to use with the old lineup where like if you wanted a 15 inch here's a 15 inch laptop that you buy because it turns out like today that's that that's kind of the one steady um the one thing that is held steady yeah is that that's still kind of the case like if you want a 15 inch laptop Here's the 15 inch laptop. You have to take the touch bar.
1: Yeah, that's another thing. He doesn't care about the touch bar, and I'm like, well, if you want a 15 inch, that, right. that's just coming along with it. There's even
0: the- if even if they're not going to have a, a 15 inch MacBook Air, they could at least have a 15 inch MacBook Escape. You know, the 15 inch MacBook Pro with with no touch bar would would be a great a great to slot in <laughs> the yeah. the lineup. So I, I found this. Um, this is from uh, April 2015. And so this is right after the MacBook came out, 12-inch MacBook came out, and battery life was middling, especially if you were going to use it and with any heavy workload. Um, And so um, this is Marco's article from April 2015, and he was banning about kind of how they could expand the lineups they have. So he was talking about iPhone Extended, which was just going to be a thicker iPhone with 50 to 100% more battery life without the unwieldy footprint of the plus line. So just a a thicker, which they kind of got you there with their battery case. Yeah. um, To, to a certain extent. And then they really have, I mean, they really have gotten there. And I think this is where like Apple is all, I mean, it's interesting when you, when you were just kind of referring back a little while ago to how, when you, when you design these products, like you're designing for now but you're also designing for three years from now and everywhere in between you know so to a certain extent it's like well apple could have made the iphone 7 thicker but they probably foresaw that like well when we get to iphone 10 iphone 10s then they're gonna have so much plenty of battery life like we don't you know we're going to get to the battery life that people really want to have, you know, that, that that you never really have to worry about your battery, that you're ending the day with 30 and 40%. Just because they're going to be bigger routinely because they're going to be bigger. And because our process, I, I think the big leaps, some of the big leaps in battery life have been the number of processors that they've been including in these new, a 11 and 12 chips and how some of them. This started with the iPhone Seven. So the iPhone Seven with the A, ten was the first one that had, uh, you know, more efficient cores and then high performance cores. And they've just they've just steadily raised those numbers until with the iPad Pro and the H twelve X, H twelve ten. Then they've got four efficient cores and four high performance cores. We I mean, got an eight core CPU in this iPad Pro, and. And yet, it can still be incredibly efficient if you're just typing notes or email or, you know, that sort of stuff. But it can be incredibly, I mean, to, a, <laughs> to the extent that it's more powerful than almost all the laptops that they're selling as far as just raw power. Um, that, you know, those four high-performance cores can take you through the roof. So he was talking about an iPhone Extended um, with regard to battery life. Talked about a 13-inch MacBook the so this would be the thirteen inch Retina MacBook Pro, but with the MacBook One or MacBook Air class CPU, and you've you've kind of got that with this thirteen inch MacBook yeah, Air. That's what this is, yeah. <laughs> Were they just reading his uh, blog and making their decisions, or so? Then you got a fifteen inch MacBook, same same deal, right? I mean, which would basically at this point be a fifteen inch MacBook Air, you know. If you, You can make it such a thing, which would be great. I think it'd be a a great option to have because I think there are a lot of like display size, especially depending on your eyes, display size does not necessarily mean that you're going to use pro applications on that display. I mean, having a larger display, the inverse is probably true. I mean, you wouldn't really want to use pro apps necessarily on a 12 inch screen. Let's say, I mean, that becomes a little prohibitive, except for, like, that is the biggest iPad Pro that they make. Although they don't really make all their Pro apps for the iPad, uh, coincidentally. Nice. They don't make Final Cut, they don't make Logic, they don't make...
1: Someday. They're making
0: Photoshop next year. Yeah. It's going to come out.
1: Uh, Premiere. They've got a version of Premiere now that can, can run you on know. the iPad. I... I probably would never touch it, but, you know, that's okay. It's exciting that they're doing it, and that they're Proving that, you know, you can bring more power to this this you know this medium this this form factor.
0: Um, I I couldn't find the clock on here. I just kept looking at the top of the screen and I was like, "Is the clock what, usually up there?
1: Why did they move that?" Um, which really, why did they? They didn't act in. To-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I totally agree.
1: Yeah, because there's no notch. I mean, there's there's really no it,
0: reason. It was almost like a bait and switch yeah. to a certain extent. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Oh, goodness. I mean, it m- makes it more Mac-like.
1: Yeah, well, but... Yeah, I mean, I would expect it to be on the...
0: Of course. The other end. But, but. that'd be insane if they just like
1: swapped all that stuff. Everything was over on the right and right. on the left. Oh
0: that'd be that'd be weird.
1: They could put yeah. like a file over on the left and uh and the little Apple uh icon over on the left. You, you know
0: I think it's I think it's doable. The the last of the options that Marco suggested that Apple could could make to, to extend the, the lineup, was a 17-inch 4K Retina MacBook Pro. Maximum screen space on the go for people who really need it. 4K is an exact 2X of the 1920 wide display of the old pre-retina 17-inch MacBook Pro. So 4K is not out of... I mean, it's not crazy to... Say that that would be on the seventeen-inch MacBook Pro, and it would be—I mean, it would be heavy, no doubt <laughs> about that. But then he also said, "Okay, you could also make a low-end configuration of this with an Air-class CPU, an Intel-only GPU, that could run just—I don't know—thirty hours, probably, yeah, more. Which some people would love. Like that would be like the." The reason that people, some that a number of people would buy a machine like that is, I mean, you just think about it. People are kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's such a first-world problem how much complaints there are about, like, how many chargers you have to take when you travel.
1: It's getting better, though. I mean, especially with, with the iPads moving to USB-C. If the phones eventually move to that as someday, you know, I mean, it, the problem's getting less um, intense because I'm personally excited, you know, to potentially get an an iPad Pro, and now I don't have to, uh, that's one less cable I have to carry with me in in my bag. I can just, you know, I'll just take my MacBook Pro charger and I can use it um, on the iPad too if I if I need to. So I'm pumped about that. And, and if we can keep converging all the devices to that somehow, I mean, that it's, you know, I think that's a a good thing. I'm I'm a little excited about that because it is one less cable now that I need to carry, um, for, for the iPad. And I do, I do carry, I mean, technically the cable I'm carrying is it could be for the iPad or the phone, So I guess really it's not one less cable because I'm probably still going to carry it for my phone. But, um, you know, maybe I don't need the brick anymore because I can just take the cable and, uh, you know, I could charge my... Well, I'd have to get a USB-C to lightning. Gosh, never mind.
0: This is depressing. I was
1: excited and now I'm not.
0: But at the same time, you got a bag with stuff in it. Like, what is three cables or five cables or whatever it is. I don't know. People people do a lot of belly aching about how many chargers they have to take when they travel and how bulky it is. But when it comes down to it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But some people would just, they would buy this 17-inch monstrosity that runs for 35 hours because they could go on a weekend trip and just not take a charger and not, not worry about charging it, even if they're going to be working all weekend long. So, you know, people feel that way. So I think it'd be great if they if they varied the lineup. I'm glad that they are varying the lineup. I think people are kind of rubbed the wrong way because it doesn't feel like they're varying the lineup because they want to necessarily, because like that's what they were aiming for. They're not doing it in a real planned, cohesive manner. Uh, I mean, it certainly feels like they never intended to make another MacBook air and yet when this thing keeps selling, we should probably come out with a retina MacBook Air you know that everybody wants because there's a whole lot of people that are not buying the MacBook that are buying the old MacBook air and you know if we could sell them a more expensive MacBook air, that'd be better so yeah here's your more expensive MacBook air
1: the problem i still have is that that macbook air is is so similar to the macbook in terms of, of power and just size i mean they're really close to, together and but it's not close enough to the macbook pro with with no touch bar it's just like this weird thing i feel like one of these three needs to just disappear to, for me and I mean, I guess my money would be on the the MacBook Pro with with no Touch Bar, but it just—I don't know—it just feels weird. It, that, it's that like was... exactly what you said. It it feels like they don't have a real plan,
0: and that's—it's
1: just I don't like it.
0: Right. That would be a terrible loss though if if the MacBook Escape just wasn't part of the lineup, because then you either have a a a weak processor, thirteen-inch MacBook Air. Or you have to go all the way to a touch bar, $2,000, 13-inch MacBook Pro. So th- there shouldn't be any complaint here.
1: <laughs> stop complaining. That's what stop you're
0: probably... com- st- Stop complaining. And like you're not buying any of these. That's true. I'm not. You 15-inch user yeah. who's not actually buying a computer because you don't personally buy anything.
1: I, w- I was sitting with this friend tonight. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he, he's trying to make his case for getting this 15 inch. Um, the latest update was that his company actually has some 13 inch MacBook pros that aren't being used and they want to give him one of those. And he's like, but I really want a 15 inch. Um, you know, I just think I will work better with a bigger screen. And, you know, my first thought was, well, just get a monitor. And, and he. He travels a lot. He doesn't really have a a home base location. You know, he's kind of just kind of uh he's like the Todd Packer, but not <laughs> not uh in uh, personality or
0: uh um, you know, awfulness. J- but just just the traveling. Just the traveling part. Which is a, a real, real cute characteristic to Tom <laughs> Todd Packer's character. Yes. Right. I mean that's <laughs> I mean you just whenever you see Todd Packer on the office, you just think, Oh, the guy who travels. That guy. Yeah. 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 That that that's the key that's the unique characteristic about Todd Packer.
1: Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, not that he's a William Hung fan. Um right. but he uh he really wants this fifteen inch and uh he so he's like trying to make his case and he just doesn't feel like they're gonna go for it and um and the whole time he's talking, I was sitting there thinking Wow, I'm really spoiled. <laughs> I have an iMac at my desk. I've got the most powerful 2016, you know, MacBook Pro that you could get. That sits in my bag. It gets used a lot, but you know, it's at I'm using it at home. And then you know, I just happen myself upon this this 12.9 inch. OG iPad Pro I have everything I could ever need or want and it's an embarrassment of riches and it's why I continue to work at the place that I work at because when I need something they they there's no struggle to get it you know and that's that's so valuable to be able to get the things you need to do the work that you do and uh I'm I'm very appreciative of that and it's it's ruined me to a point where Like when I think about, you know, ever working somewhere else, I just, I don't know that I could do it if I couldn't have the same level of equipment and access to the tools I need and, and you know, not just hardware, software, um, accessories. You know, if I can make a case for it, there's not a lot of pushback, and. Man, I don't know. I would have a really hard time working at a place where I couldn't still have access to those those tools. And I think I've said it before, right? Like if I couldn't use Max wherever I'm working, I would have a really hard time working in <laughs> that place. I'm just I've gotten to that point now where I just don't think there's any going back for me on that and I just hope uh I hope I can continue to Stay in good standing with, um, you know, with a place that will provide me my, my Max because I'm spoiled and I need them. But I do produce when I have them. So, you know, it's a it's a symbiotic relationship. Whew. I don't want to work somewhere where I can't have all my toys. You don't have to give me a raise. Just give me new toys.
0: It, it, it's kind of interesting because I, I think about this from time to time. That, like, I'm I'm not gonna get an iPad Pro like I had at Axiom. I'm not gonna get a MacBook Pro like I had at Axiom, where I work now. But with the amount that I now make at where I work now, I could just personally buy those things and still probably come out ahead of where of where I was at at Axiom. But I don't know. It's just that the calculus is so much different because now I'm just spending my own money. And that just that just feels different, you know? Um, so it all works out, though. And I'm, I'm glad you have what you have. Me too.
1: <laughs> but I felt bad for my friend who's, like, fighting. To get a fifteen inch MacBook Pro and I've just got one sitting in my bag, you know. I can't give it to him because it's not mine, but I just you know, wanna help him out. Want him to to get what he needs. You know? That's
0: right. That's,
1: I like working at a place where I can get what I need.
0: Sure would be nice if Apple had a more varied lineup with a touch barless fifteen inch. I don't MacBook know about that, that, but it would give him a better chance.
1: No, because it would probably be they'd probably do some Nonsense where it's like just slightly different but not really different, you know, like the MacBook Air and the MacBook.
0: Pitch me. Pitch me on getting a PlayStation 4 Spider-Man bundle for $199 this Christmas season.
1: So Black Friday right around the corner, which naturally means all these Black Friday deals are starting to leak. Well, I don't think leak is the right phrase I would use. I mean, you used to be, uh,
0: probably not even five or six years ago, maybe maybe seven or eight. You just you got the circulars, yeah, on Thanksgiving Day, and that's when you found out what was going down. And then, you know, one star after another, kind of wised up and was like, well, "Wait a minute, we want people to like." Have their plans already in place right. to come here. So, why don't yeah. we just tell them what's coming? I we guess, need more
1: people to get trampled to death. And so, the only <laughs> way to do that is to let people know early so they can uh, line up and stampede.
0: I mean, it is a little bit of an Osborne effect, right? You know the Osborne effect? No. So, the Osborne effect uh, was from the 80s, I want to say. Like Aussie? And this was an a Osborne computer. Oh. And <laughs> uh, the proprietor of the Osborne computer, I think his name was. Osborne, and they announced their next version like I don't know a year out or something, and that didn't really go well because they didn't end up selling a whole lot of the current version nineteen eighty five they ran out of cash and went bankrupt um so you know it's talked the Osborne effects is talked about a lot with regard to how Apple is just so. Secretive, yeah, and even when things are obvious, they will never, never admit that there's any future product that will ever come out. And I mean, it's sort of that way with the Black Friday deals is like, yeah, if you tell me that the switch is going to be cheaper, like, I'm not buying a switch the next two weeks, you know, right? Not buying any of this stuff that's going to be cheaper the next two weeks, but you know, you and I have talked about it, you're going to buy it,
1: yeah, you and I have talked the last few months about you feel like this is going to be the Christmas where your family gets, gets a switch.
0: Yes. And I don't, I don't, we can say that my, my children won't listen to the podcast (laughs) that intently. I will say though, anytime I have a podcast on in the car and it's just two guys talking, which is not that many podcasts. Right.
1: Right. I mean,
0: Whole yeah million. It's very rare, million or two million. And they're definitely podcasts. not talking about computers or definitely not phones. N- not phone, definitely no. not. Yeah. Um. Then basically every time Briar asked me, "Is is this you and Levi?" I'm like, "No, no. This is this is John Gruber and and John Mould.
1: Well, it hey, it should inspire you that she thinks we're the same level as those guys. So, <laughs> oh, children. But what if I told you, Philip, that you could get a better console by pretty much every measure with a better lineup of games for cheaper than you could probably get a Switch this Christmas? Although I would still encourage you to get a Switch. Why don't you just get both? What I'm basically trying to say is, Philip, that these these Black Friday deals are starting to come out and Uh, Walmart is going to have a Black Friday deal that's actually going to, they're going to start selling, I think maybe even next week. So you don't even have to wait till Black Friday to get a PlayStation 4 slim. So not the best PlayStation 4 you could get, but given the fact that you don't have a 4K TV, you know, I think a a slim would be great for you with one terabyte of storage, which you're going to need because Freaking games these days (laughs) downloaded Red Dead Redemption. It was 89 gigabytes. I had to go and delete a lot of games because I, I have, you know, I have an original PS4 with just 500 gigabytes. That's basically a fifth of my storage (laughs) on one game. Um, so a PS4 slim one terabyte with an included game. None other than Spider-Man great game all for the low price of $199. That's going to be like probably $50 to $70 cheaper than what you're going to spend
0: to get a Switch with, you know, probably a game as well. Re- relatives are buying the Switch, so that's, oh, that's not...
1: well, perfect. I don't even feel like I have to work that hard to sell you on this, thing. Well, no,
0: Philip, no wells. So so it's all very interesting when you describe the PS4 as a better system in basically all ways to the switch because I wonder, I wonder how true that is for me because I like Spider-Man sounds like an incredible game. It sounds like a lot of fun to play.
1: Well, let me up the ante for you then. I know that you like to play Madden. I know that you like to play FIFA. You're only going to be able to play really one of these on the Switch and it's going to be a very reduced version. Although it's probably comparable to the version you're currently playing on a PlayStation 3. All I'm saying here is Philip, if you want to play Madden and have a roster that actually makes sense, you know, that isn't 5 years behind, come on, man, come come join the current generation, while it's still somewhat the current generation, this is a perfect time to jump in. Both consoles hitting the five-year mark this month. They've been out for five years. Great library of games. PlayStation, though, by far has the better exclusives. Xbox, you know, whatever. They just don't have the same level of, of exclusives as Sony does. Spider-Man is proof of that alone, but then you've got get other games still to come, like The Last of Us Part Two. Have you watched a, a playthrough yet of, of The Last of Us? I know you're never going to go back and play it, but you could get this PS4, and then you could buy The Last of Us Remastered for PS4 for like 10 bucks, and then you could play it before The Last of Us Part Two comes out next year.
0: The Last of Us is all very interesting because... I. My experience with The Last of Us just makes me wonder, like, do I or would I play games at all like that? Like, I know that I would play Madden to a good degree, and I would play FIFA to a good degree. I just wonder. Not that I mean, Spider Man and The Last of Us are very different (laughs) in a a number of ways. No, pretty much the same game. I would guess, but it's still is from what i gather is just kind of quests and story arcs and doing things <laughs> you're describing video games right 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 Philip. and i just wonder like do i do i like to play non cartoon racer non sports i i i think i would enjoy zelda a lot um I played some Zelda back on the on the 64 and the GameCube as well. And I mean Zelda's just Zelda's just different than <laughs> anything else in in my mind. Um, but I don't know. I mean I I do think that the I I do I wonder how much the tone of The Last of Us keeps me from playing it because I th- I think that, I think that it, like the range of moods that I, w- I could be in to want to play Spider Man or want to play Zelda is probably probably vastly wider than the range of moods than that make me want to play The Last of Us. So
1: this brings up a really great question that I've heard recently in relation to uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, which just came out um, a few weeks ago is this question of do video games have to be fun because red dead redemption 2 by all accounts is an amazing just masterpiece of a game and just game design um all the details that go into um you know uh what's the word i'm looking for uh automation or what's the the term i'm AI? looking for yeah well ai but there's a There's a word that you use to talk about, like, computer characters in a game.
0: Non-player characters?
1: NPCs, yeah, yeah. Um, All of this design that I especially find fascinating after watching a show like Westworld where, you know, those kinds of of things are are kind of built into that world, too. Um, But it's deliberately slowly paced. They're, they're really forcing, they're kind of breaking some of the conventions of standard games like fast travel and, you know, just constantly being bombarded in an open world with things to do. This game is just kind of turning away from those purposefully, telling this very specific story. But then also with the setting, like you're not going to be getting phone calls every second like you do in Spider-Man, you know, (laughs) because there's no phones. Okay. You're, you're, you're a cowboy. Um, And so a lot of people are coming out and saying, Hey, really respect this game, what they're doing, but it's just not for me. I'm just not having fun playing it. And I could see that argument being made for the last of us. Right. It is such a brutal, intense story. And, but man, I'm just, for one, The Last of Us and Spider-Man and Zelda, all of these games, they're like Levi Crack when it comes to games because they're third person, they're, Last of Us isn't open world, but it's open-ish, you know, in in these levels, it's definitely not an open world game, but you can, you know, you can explore a little bit. There are multiple ways to get to certain points, but it's all kind of funneled into this story, right? Zelda, Spider-Man, Red Dead, just huge open worlds. You can go, in Zelda, you can literally go anywhere, you know? I mean, there's not very many limitations early in that game on where you can go and what you can do uh, if you're skilled enough to survive. Uh, But these things just, I think I have an addictive personality and these games tap into that for me of like there's always something to do. I could play for hours and I did in Zelda. I I probably went 20 hours and didn't even touch a main story point cuz it was just like oh I'd see something on the map, I'd go over there. And then oh I'd see something else, I'd <laughs> go over there and I would just keep doing this repeatedly. Um but yeah, it's it's an interesting point you bring up with The Last of Us of like it's such a heavy story in a in a just a brutal game. And uh but you know, you like you like The Walking Dead, so I'm like this is like the video game version of of The Walking Dead, but I just want someone to love The Last of Us like I do and nobody does. All my friends are like, "Dude, no, too dark. It's too dark, Levi. Let's let's we don't want to play that. We'll watch that. We can watch a 42-minute episode of that." but there is a difference when you're actually you know you're controlling what's happening and you're like participating in the story there's a you know not the same
0: disconnect like when you're watching a show there well uh, to use a phrase that doesn't really make any sense but to be honest i it feels so i mean i just haven't So when I was growing up, we've we've talked about this a little bit, that I was a little uh, sheltered in my movie watching. And I was not. And you were not. (laughs) (laughs) But I was also a little sheltered in my video game playing in that when I was 10 and 11 and all my friends were playing GoldenEye, I was not allowed to play GoldenEye. And I, mean, I played played a lot of Halo, which is these armored. Uh, I mean, played a lot of Halo when I was like fourteen, because that came later after GoldenEye, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, and that's these like armored, not humans. That you know, well, but, you, you're blasting. With. But they are humans, but you just don't see. Them. They're all armored. It's,
1: it's like football. It's more let like them, let them
0: kill themselves. It's out more like the field. lasers than bullets that you shoot. Um. Anyways, <laughs> you played Mortal Kombat, I assume, when you were a young child. That's not when I was young. And then once you're older, then. It was a joke. I didn't get it. And now I know how. You played
1: Mortal Kombat on the Nintendo, but
0: you didn't play it on Sega. Sega.
1: There was blood on Sega. Oh, was No there? blood on the oh, okay. on Super I Nintendo. I remember that.
0: I remember that. That was a huge thing. Where was I? You were sheltered, oh okay, in your video so, game playing shooting people and most efficiently in the head, when I play the last of us, like still just feels or choking them off to me, yeah I, I just don't like it doesn't for better or worse, i mean like your your question stands about. Video games being fun and just like how should they make you feel to some extent is is, is that that question. It's just like it doesn't make me feel like cheery to just like <laughs> blast a bunch of folks in the head, you know, and just like accomplish so much in this game. And yet, I mean, it doesn't really make me feel cheery to watch Westworld necessarily, or to watch The Walking Dead, or uh, sharp objects or <laughs> you know, I mean none of these are so like cheery is not necessarily what I'm going for, but like it it does make me feel just like cheery and just like I don't I can just kinda let it ride and enjoy it to just like watch a football game or yeah. uh you know this, that or the other, just kind of leisurely entertainment activity. And I guess that's the thing is just, I've got, I mean, just being an adult with three children and a job and, you know, a house that's always got something going on with it that needs to be done, you know, all these different things. It's just like, I I want this leisure entertainment time so much more often than I want like this pensive Entertainment time and and a lot of my pensive entertainment time, like it seems to me like there's this there's this range to where like you enter the pensive entertainment time by like watching something, and that's like one step in. But actively participating in that by playing something like the Last of us to be specific takes you several more steps into this <laughs> in intense entertainment time that i'm just not often looking to go that that far into it and not not that it's not that it's necessarily unenjoyable i mean like i loved so much of the time that i played the last of us and i don't know maybe i can get back into it but probably not it's probably not going to happen you just got to watch it cuz the story know. I know. I just and want you to know, enjoy, know how it ends. I enjoy the story, yeah.
1: I just want you to know how it ends yeah. because it's it's one of those... A game like The Last of Us, you're flirting so much with like... It's not a choice-based game. There are definitely games like that, right? But there are moments where you have choices. They're not screen prompts but like, you know, you have the choice to maybe I just try and sneak around these people or I'm not going to engage. And most of the time that's the smarter way to go in a game like that cuz you don't have a lot of resources and you know, you're just trying to get to the next next point without, you know, having this big suspenseful moment. But what I love about The Last of Us is that you get to the end and you feel like you're in this moment where you have a choice to to do or not do something, but you don't like they're, t- they're saying, no, this is how this game is going to end. And you're going to do it. Like, we're not giving you a choice here. We're telling you, this is the story. This is the game. And you know, you may not like it, but this is what you're going to do. And this is how this game is going to end. And just to me, that's like this really powerful story moment. And I just love that story anyway, because I love Joel and Ellie and I'm excited about this next game, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta maybe just watch like a cliff notes version so that you can experience this ending, which is, it's like video games shouldn't be able to do this type of thing, but they can't, which that's a whole separate conversation this conversation started with me trying to convince you to buy a PlayStation four and
0: it's, it's spiraled into something else completely. No, it's all very <laughs> relevant. I, I feel like it's still solidly in that, in that arena,
1: but you should, I, I still think you should get a PS4. It's either now or never to honestly to me, because in a couple years, they're going to be moving on, you know, to the, to the next generation of consoles. Maybe even as I, I'm, I'm, Guessing it's going to be 2020, which isn't far away when you really think about it. Um, and so now's a great time to jump in. They're super cheap. I mean 199 and it comes with Spider-Man, which is a lovely game. It's another Levi game, third person, open world, So many things to do. Um, but it's a it's it's a fun story, and I don't know like are you a are you a, a, Sp- a Spider-Man fan in general? I like Spider Man just fine. It's it's fun. It's a good story. It's a, it's like an original story. You know, it's not really based on. I mean, there's some, obviously, some comic elements that, that come into play, but um, it's it's an original story. Just for PlayStation, you can't get it anywhere else. Um, you're an older Spider Man. You're like eight years in, so it's not like you just became Spider Man. Uh, they do some really interesting things with with Mary Jane. Um and yeah, it's just good. It's a good it's a good thing. And I'm it's one of those games where as soon as I finished it, and now there's DLC out now, so I'm I'm jumping back into it after being away from it for like almost a month, I guess. Um it's just one of those games where when it's over, I immediately I'm like, Where's the sequel? Like I want this, I want this now. And and they set it up. You know, you kind of expect they would do that, but they set it up to, to, to have, you know, continuing story and I'm ready for it, but you should definitely play Zelda. It's been a good two years for gamers, even casual gamers. Cause I would still kind of consider my, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I was thinking about this earlier. I feel like I'm a casual gamer in terms of the amount of time that I can actually devote to doing it and participating. I stay very in the loop with what's going on in gaming, but I'm not playing a lot
0: of games. So what does that make me, Philip? Uh I, I think the number of hours you've spent playing Zelda, and the number of hours but you've spent. But that's played, the only thing I've
1: played in
0: twenty seventeen. And and the number of hours you've spent even playing Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Has Let's put you outside. You're you're beyond a casual gamer. No, I mean, you're obviously anymore. not
1: a. I'm a dad gamer. Yes, is what I am. Yes, absolutely. I'm a kid who grew up on games very heavily, not like weird heavily, like some people. Because let's be honest, some people, you know,
0: there are other things to do besides play games all the time. I was only allowed to play video games until. I don't know what age, on the weekends. Wow, yeah, that's intense. Like back in the NES and in, in Genesis days, that was the case. Um, PlayStation, that so was your the weekends, case. man, you were. Oh, you just
1: you were DTG down to game <laughs> all weekend. <laughs> in large part, yeah. yeah, that was that was it. Yeah, well, I think you should get one but you know you do you if you get a switch you're going to be happy with zelda you're going to be happy with mario odyssey you're going to be happy with mario kart i did finally break down and get mario kart i don't know if i told you that um i bought it before my trip <laughs> to la cuz i wanted something uh, to do on the plane that's also what's just so great about the switch is that it's what you've always wanted right it's a it's a console that you can carry with you Anywhere you know it, it it performs great in your living room. It's just as much fun to play on an airplane like this is what we've always wanted as you know as children who who love games, and I know what you're gonna just don't even bring that up your your old Sega thing, but you know it yes, that was kind of that too, but um, Zelda's great, you'll love it. Mario Kart is super fun because they've, they've got these modes in it where you can essentially just a, a child can just hold it, <laughs> hold the remote yep. and they'll stay on course. Um, They basically just control items. And so you could, I've set Kanan and Declan up in, you know, like a, a four course grand Prix and they just play and they are having a blast. And you know, they're not frustrated or just constantly dying, and it's all a game of luck at that point, <laughs> based on who who's gonna finish, um, you know, first or, or second. Or it's a nice
0: digital Candy Land.
1: But man, they have fun, and it looks great. You know, it, Mario Kart on the Switch, it looks really good. But yeah, you should get PS4.
0: So. I... <laughs> I mean, the, the biggest reason I would get a PS4 is, is Madden. Um, well, there you go. Good and, reason. And, I mean, it does feel like $200 is is kind of that attainable... I mean, 200 plus, plus 50 for Madden is...
1: Which, you're not going to spend 50 for Madden on Black Friday. It, I it, don't know.
0: $35. I, I was just looking, and from what's been announced so far, it doesn't look like it's getting... Just of quite as much. You as just it, wait. As you it just had
1: thirty-five, I'll, or just get the previous years for like twenty. You know, yeah. You don't need the latest and greatest. Obviously, still playing the PlayStation Three.
0: Oh, I haven't played it in. A, haven't played it in a while, Um because I I only like to play people online. Oh really? I, oh. I got, I got tired. Of, I, hate I hate playing with real people. <laughs> no. To me, that's like the only way to play because, and I, I, I say that. I mean, I haven't played the AI in a long time, like the CPU. I played a whole season with the Ravens uh, the fall before Briar was born. So we're talking 2011. So that was the Madden 12, I guess it would have been. And uh I mean that was that was the last time that I really played CBU much at all. I played a whole whole season. I think I lost the Super Bowl. I think at that point I was like, "Nope,
1: what am I doing with my life? Nope. I should at least win." Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh you'll probably find this hard to believe, but I'm a recluse in real life. I am a recluse in games. I don't want to I don't want to play with people. I just want to do my own thing, play my single player stories like The Last of Us, and yeah. But I want other people to experience too, just not with me. <laughs> meet, meet up afterwards. Yeah, I just want somebody to talk, talk about, about it with. That's it. That's it. You know, yeah, somebody to to, to chit chat. Yeah, about my good old friends Joel and Ellie.
0: Yeah how how much do your Children play the Switch. Not much. Um
1: play a little bit of Mario Kart, but we haven't played that and it's been a while. Because I'm the only one that can really set it up for them. They, you know, Brittany, she doesn't know what, she doesn't know what she's doing with she was not playing video games uh, growing up. Yeah. And uh they Kanan played some Mario Odyssey Red Dead Redemption too. yeah definitely not playing that yeah I that's the thing man I as someone who grew up with relatively no limits I'm very very protective of what my children see and 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 play and experience um I just yeah no I'm not I know one of those people and I know people that just let their kids play these crazy games. And I'm just like, what are you,
0: what are you doing? But look at how I turned out. Do you want, you want your kids? Exactly. To turn out like I'm me? like,
1: do you want, do you want your children to turn into, you know, a person that's functional,
0: but you know, depending on how you define functional,
1: I mean, he's going to get stuff done. He's going to be a decent professional, but, you know, maybe not have any friends.
0: Oh, whatever. Yeah, they don't play it that much. Yeah. What a, is Spider-Man mature?
1: It's T. I mean, it's T for teen. Um, I they have watched me play some of it. Um, you know, there's a little bit of language, nothing like crazy, you know, not dropping any F bombs or anything like that. But, um, you know, there's, I'm careful of when, what I'm doing when they're watching me play that, try to stay away from like doing the story. Cause I just don't, especially when I was playing through it the first time i she didn't know what was gonna come next. Mm-hmm. Um and there's some there's quite a bit of innuendo in the game. He is an older Peter Parker, so you know, he's lived life a little. Uh especially in this DLC, man, when when Black Cat shows up and, you know, they've got a past and he's just got back together with MJ, spoiler alerts, and you know, so that's complicating things, you know. You're uh- I'm sorry, is this Spider-Man the Sims or basically? And I'll tell you. Listen, I know he's meant to be with MJ, but just seeing the chemistry between him and Felicia. Like just toss MJ, get oh, back with Black man. Cat, man. That's the life. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the Spider-Man I want to be.
0: Oh boy! I don't think it's gonna work out. So you don't play the story with your children.
1: <laughs> I try. Not, I try not to. Um, yeah, I try not to get when when they're around and I'm and I'm playing Spider Man. It's more of like, hey, let's go through and clear out some of the stuff on the map. Yeah. yeah, not really trying to do the the, the main story because the stuff on the map, it's all you know. You just pop in, beat up some baddies, and then. And go do something else. We were playing recently, and Peter said something about getting pounded by, you know, some thug or whatever. And Declan was like, What does pounded mean? And so I explained it. I was like, You know, you get beat up by someone, you know, they, they're pounding you with their, their fists. And he asked me if I'd ever been pounded. I said, No. And then a good two or three minutes passed, like long enough that I had forgotten the conversation. And he just out of the blue says, one of these days I'm going to pound (laughs) Canaan. I was like, no, you're not, Declan. No, you're not. And he goes, I'm just joking. I'm just joking.
0: Just practicing using words, dad. Be proud of me.
1: Yeah. I'm going to, oh, one of these just, days. Just an
0: example sentence that should be in the dictionary. Yeah, I'm going to pound Canaan. <laughs> oh, man. And all because my dad taught me. <laughs> yeah. My, my playing Spider-Man for me.
1: He taught me what, what
0: oh, pounding man. people means. So, yeah, I, I mentioned, it to, mentioned it to Blair earlier this evening. And that was one of the, maybe the first thing she mentioned was like, well, Hosea would love to watch you play Spider-Man. Like, you would just lose it.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how you choose to live your life, but I like to live a life where I can be Spider-Man and, you know, swing through New York City. And they just nailed the mechanics. You know, like, it just all feels so good and so fluid and the way you can combine You know, actions and all the gadgets. I mean, it's, you know, you're Spider Man and it's, uh, feels good. Feels good to swing around and do all those things that a spider can do.